0: So, welcome to another episode of the Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creatively curious. I'm your host, Kai Kogu. I am very pleased to have Dion Ruby with me. Welcome to the Exploring Art Podcast. Really quick, before we get on, just give us a little rundown about your background. Let us know who you are
1: okay I am uh, Dion Ruby I'm I've been based in Miami Florida I do mainly um, sculptural furniture design I'm a self-taught designer my background really is in uh, production design for film and TV um, but I've always enjoyed um, I come from a, a like a family background of architecture and design so I just kind of went into it, um, kind of taught myself how to do it. And, um, that's what I do.
0: Really, how difficult was that self-teaching process and how far back does your architectural background go with your family? Like, is it just parents or is it grandparents?
1: Um, it goes to parents, but my grandparents also, they, um, they started, I'm from Argentina and they started, um, had like a, a franchise of design oriented stores that included fashion and design objects for the home. So I think you can say I've always kind of grown up around design. So the transition for me wasn't really that complicated. Um, I grew up, you know, watching my my mom make furniture and my dad designed buildings. Um, he also did graphic design. So I've kind of just like always been around design. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a no brainer. <laughs>
0: Wow that's really amazing. I gotta say I haven't met or heard of too many sculptural artists or furniture piece artists. I gotta say with that kind of medium you're really setting your mark on history like your pieces will last like lifetimes they the last years. That's really something amazing to think about.
1: Yeah I mean I hope so I you know, when I design furniture, I'm not just only thinking about the functionality of it, but also trying to create something that's original and and like a statement piece um, that will also add, you know, a decorative element to, you know, whatever space it exists in. So that also has allowed me to, to show my work in like art gallery settings, which I find, you know, really interesting.
0: Okay. So with all this COVID going on, that's going to be a big focus with our interview today. So first off, how has the COVID-19 virus affected your career plans for 2020?
1: Um, it basically obliterated all of my plans for this year. Um, I had um, I had a few shows lined up. I had a um, and a residency I was gonna do in Spain. Um, I kind of canceled all of my travel plans for the year. Mm -hmm. Um, It really just made me um, just stop and think for a while and kind of recalculate uh, my career plans for at least this year.
0: With that little pause, having to stop and think about your career plans, do you think the outlook you have now is either more is better or more positive the the outlook you had coming into this year?
1: Um, I mean, it definitely has me thinking about things a little bit differently. Um, I think, I think everyone you know had a time had a moment to just like stop and think and kind of reconsider, you know, what they were doing and and how they were doing it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I I think like also. It wasn't just, like, the pandemic, but so much other things happened, like, um, environmentally, politically, socially. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it made, at least it made me reconsider, you know, what I'm doing and and how I want to do it or keep doing it in the future.
0: Absolutely. I think everyone's had to rethink their life's past during this quarantine, which it Mm -hmm. it was a nice little break.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: (laughs) So... During this quarantine, how have you spent it? You said you've taken a pause, but what else have you done? Have you picked up any hobbies or interests?
1: Um, I think I I finally had time to focus on maybe some other projects that I had on the side that um I before I didn't have time to really focus on, um, and then also. Um, I mean, I didn't take up cooking or anything like that. I'm, I'm not really good at, at cooking,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I did. Um, I, I have a passion for everything that, that's kind of like DIY. Okay. Um, so I definitely revisited some projects. Um, like I got into uh, making clothes.
0: Really? Um, I
1: got really good at my sewing machine. Yeah, that was super fun.
0: What kind of pieces? Um,
1: so I bought a giant roll of muslin fabric, which is basically what people use to make um, clothing patterns. But mm-hmm. I use that as my main material. So that's something that I do in design also. It's just I try to use like, as a raw material as possible and change it as little as possible. Okay. And just kind of bring out like, its, its natural qualities. So I did that I just made like really basic um, like a really I made myself a really basic wardrobe of like uh, pants, skirt, shirt, um, bag, all in the same material.
0: Really, that actually sounds like a really pretty heavy undertaking for this quarantine. That sounds amazing. I'm proud of you. Yeah, it was.
1: long. Um, you know, I would just wake up, have breakfast, get on my sewing machine you know, take a break here and there. But I did that for, for a long time, just practice, practice, practice. And eventually I got kind of good. Like I can wear a lot of the pieces that I made.
0: That, you're actually really talented. That's actually really, really amazing. And that's actually interesting that you said that, that you just got your breakfast and got right to work. That kind of work ethic is not common nowadays. Do you feel like that's helped you in your career? I- and where did that come from? Where did that work ethic come from?
1: Um, I think I I had to learn it, you know, over the years. Um, you know, I have my own design practice, so I'm my own boss. So I don't have mm-hmm. anybody telling me, you know, you have to be at work at this time, or these are, you know, I have to make tasks for myself and and kind of organize and and set my own goals. So I think over time, I've learned that, you know without discipline like you don't get anything done especially if it's up to you to do it
0: Mm -hmm. you have to be really self-sufficient
1: I I enjoy doing it so it it is work but you know it's also it helps like pass the day too
0: absolutely as long as you have a passion for it it doesn't really feel like work does it
1: yep not at all
0: During this quarantine, which methods of communication have you utilized to stay in connection with your audience or any other artists that you plan to work with?
1: Um, I think mainly Instagram is my go-to um, social media. Um, I, I also did this thing during quarantine where, um, I did this more towards the beginning where, um, you know, I feel like my audience and my clients are are kind of two different groups of people. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like my, you know, my pieces, unfortunately, you know, I have to work in, like, limited editions. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, mass producing stuff. So the price tag tends to be a little high. So a lot of the people that, you know, love my work sometimes can't really afford it. hmm so I I focused on 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 those people and I I did an Instagram thing where I would ask people to to send me things that they wanted me to design for them.
0: Really? was that? And then I would.
1: Oh, it was really good. I designed a bunch of pieces where people they like somebody asked me to design them a mailbox, a bunk bed, um, uh, what else? Um, a coat rack. A, a lawn chair. <laughs> so it was kind of like this like hypothetical design exercise for me. And then it also felt like I was doing something for for my audience just to like give back or or to give something during this time.
0: Absolutely. Has there been any significant financial impact? As a, this, as a result of this pandemic, because you said at the beginning, you had to cut plans for your residency, you had to cut shows because this virus. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I also still work in in production design, um, kind of freelance, and mm-hmm. all of those um, jobs kind of stopped from one day to the next, um, just because they all got canceled. hmm um, so that was a big hit on my finances, as well as, you know, there was no art shows, there's um, a design fair that I was going to participate in that also got canceled. Um, and I, I think people, you know, were a little afraid to, to maybe splurge or, or go shopping, um, because everything was so uncertain. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, my finances were definitely affected.
0: Actually, I just want to say really quick, I found that during this quarantine, people were all about self-realization and just, like, picking up hobbies to pass the time. And I find that, at least with the people around me, a lot of older people took up home improvement. Did you see, I know, because you did that, having your audience give you design like tasks like you know you said you designed the launcher for them the mailbox did you see any kind of just general uptick in like either like views or like likes
2: um yeah i think
1: i think content was like really well received during the pandemic Mm because you know there wasn't like there weren't any other distractions um so I definitely sensed there was a lot more like interaction, um, through social media, mm-hmm. um, and like the one thing that you know was, what was interesting for me as a designer too was seeing how, you know, everybody had to move their their offices into their home, right. so there was like this renewed sense of like okay, having to like build this other space in your house or or if you, you know, also just your home was like the only space that you could be in. So there was this, this kind of emphasis on like, you know, making your home better or more comfortable or or more beautiful. Right, right. Um, so that, that's that been really interesting. And it's made me kind of rethink um, how I'm fabricating and what materials I'm fabricating with to see if I can launch more of um Kind of a more affordable, uh, line of furniture, to fit the needs of you know people that. That still want nice things, but maybe have like a a lower, uh, price point.
0: Mm-hmm. What new materials have you started using to get to that affordable price point? Actually.
1: Yeah, so I'm looking into um, CNC furniture, um, and plywood, which in itself is not um, like a new idea. I just think it's always been geared um, more towards um, like industrial fabrication or like the look of it is always more like tech. Um, And I don't think it's been really researched like from a design perspective. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's what I've been working on.
0: Okay, It's nice to see that you're taking the kind of economical environment into your decisions with your the resources you're using. So What's I, that, sorry? it was really interesting to see that you're taking the economical environment into consideration when you're picking out your resources these days. That's a really mm-hmm. nice yeah. Thought process.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So obviously since everything has stopped, this stuff stopped or did stop during quarantine. The creative industry as a whole, obviously took quite an impact since the start of the virus. But mainly speaking about Miami, since you're based in Miami, how do you feel the pandemic has affected the art community of Miami specifically?
1: Um, well, I mean, I think like the biggest example is um, is like Basel not being around this year.
0: Absolutely, it um, has definitely felt.
1: I think, yeah, I think for for artists in Miami, you know, we, I mean we have an art like uh, circuit all mm-hmm. year round. It doesn't close pick up during Basel, but I know that a lot of artists and people that work in creative industries um, depend on Basel for like uh, you know a big chunk of their earnings and I think that is gonna be a huge hit this year um, but I think... I think from what I've seen, at least, I know that people have, you know, stayed pretty active um, throughout, whether it is just working like in their studios or finishing work. Um, I know like there's art institutions like um, the Bakehouse or, or like Ulaid that had um, grants for artists. I know that mm-hmm. was like super helpful for a lot of people in the community. Um, And I think it's a pretty resilient one and I think it's gonna be fine.
0: It's amazing how tight knit the art community in Miami is. It's really nice to see that, that they're all helping each other out. Yeah. So going along that line, especially in times like this, what can we as a community do to support artists like you? Like either emotionally, financially, in any way, how can we support you guys?
1: Mm, that's a good question. Um I mean, I think uh you know, press is always good. Um you know, getting the work out there, getting people talking about the work. Um
2: Right. Sharing I think your one cool
1: thing that happened. Yeah, one cool thing that happened is like the the online gallery shows. Um yep. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's like, it's pretty democratic. I think it gives more people a chance to see your work um, versus when it's, you know, only in person. Um, I think there's more emphasis in like documenting work and, uh, and promoting work um, through social media or, or email or, or whatever it is. Um, and I think that that's, that's really helpful.
0: I actually haven't heard too much about these online art shows. Is it just like a 360 viewing of an actual museum or is or do you actually well, send you everyone,
2: pieces? Everyone's been
1: doing it differently. Um, you know, everything's have, have everything's moved online, like the book fair now is gonna be online. Um mm-hmm. there was another art fair, I can't remember the name of it, but um so the the way that they did it is you would go into these, these like virtual rooms where you could see the art. And then there was a, like a chat on the one side of the screen where you could, um, you know, talk to people that were also in that room at the same time with you and kind of like discuss the work that you were seeing. Wow. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of galleries that are just taking their exhibitions online right now um, because, you know, they couldn't do it in person.
0: That's actually an interesting way to do that because you get yeah. live critique on your art pieces.
1: Yeah, 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 it's super cool. Okay. But um, yeah, I think that that's like a, a cool thing that came out of you know a, a bad situation. and oh, maybe it'll continue I think I think it's cool to have access to to these things without having to be there physically because you know there's there's so many people in Miami. And if you can have people from all over the world, um, you know, seeing your show, I think Mm -hmm. that's always a good thing.
0: Of course, of course. So I know we've been talking about you trying new things with the fabric, creating a wardrobe for yourself and then seeing more affordable resources to use, but more generally has your actual style of art seen any changes? during this time and during this time actually have you found that it brought forth more inspiration or was it creatively challenging to you
1: um so I think one of the things that um impacted me the most was you know everything that's happening like climate wise Mm -hmm. I think that's like the one thing that you know affects everybody no matter no matter who you are no matter what your politics are
2: right
1: um no matter how much money you have or well, maybe um right. so that that's got me thinking um, very differently about how I want to make work in the future
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so I was thinking like I think about 90 percent of my entire body of work is actually recyclable <laughs> because really? I work mostly you in, in aluminum and a- uh that's a material that, you know, you could just recycle. Um, Obviously, you know, there's still, like, energy and, like, other uh, processes that go into making the work that are probably not as sustainable. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, like, moving forward, um, having those things in mind is really important for me. Um, I think we're, you know, in a time where it being superfluous is is not gonna be a good thing.
0: Right, right.
2: Um,
1: That's you know, actually and, amazing. And I see, yeah, I see a lot of artists that, you know, are, are posting stuff about the environment and how we need to do something, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the work and it's made with like the most toxic materials. <laughs> right (laughs) and I think like you know there's a huge disconnect there I think I think like art or design you know for me at least is kind of like a like a lifestyle oh okay um so I think you know making things that kind of fit like your philosophy is um is important
0: right you can't just talk about it you have to actually live that Yeah, I
1: I mean, I think so. I mean, I mean, I think like the human race itself is, you know, is destructive. Mm -hmm. But I think if if we all kind of like look at what we're doing and and take some steps to make it better, then
2: (laughs) it
0: could. Right, we all do our little part. Yeah, we'll save this earth. (laughs) (laughs) So, speaking on sculpting specifically right now what is your creative process when you begin that begin that undertaking and how do you come up with ideas of what to create
1: um so actually like the ideas just come to me i i i will just like have an epiphany or or a vision and that's where i'll start Okay. Um, it's harder for me to work with. Um. You know, it's harder to work on a commission, like to have to come up with something on the spot. Um, okay. So that's usually how I start something, or, or sometimes I'll 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 see something in like a completely different setting, and it'll spark an idea for, for a piece. You know, like. I'm. Um, i love going through like hardware stores or or like uh junkyards or um like industrial wastelands or car really? engines or things like that yeah the, those that's where i get my my inspiration like, mainly
0: that's such a broad yeah. range of places to get your inspiration that's actually
1: all the really stores yeah all kinds of all kinds of things but um yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll see an idea there that I can translate into like, how a material, you know, gets joined or, or gets combined with something okay. else to make um, like a structure, or a form or a shape. Um, and then I'll take that and, and kind of do some like 3D modeling until I get something that works.
0: Well, so actually hearing that your creative process sounds really fluid. And I find that that's probably not common among artists, but I feel like that makes well, for pieces of work.
1: Yeah, my my philosophy is is kind of like uh inspired by like a uh, the path of least resistance.
0: Mm, okay. I mean so for you.
1: me when something is Yeah, for me, when something is too complicated, um, there's something wrong. You know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I like to find like, like simple but smart solutions. And I think that there's like a lot of beauty and, and just like the simplicity of things.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. There's no more perfect words than there's just beauty in the simplicity of things. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Do you feel then that when you're commissioned for something that your mindset is more structured because you're kind of on like a time limit?
1: Yeah, it's not so much the time limit. It's um, it's more. Um, I guess when you're designing for somebody else, like you have to. There's the press the pressure of like pleasing somebody else.
2: Mm, yes.
1: Um. And also trying to, you know, come up with something like they might already have an idea in their minds of, of what it's going to look like, but you, you kind of like come up with something else. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just different parameters um, as far as like design goes. I mean, I still love doing it. It's like a super design challenge for me. Um, but, and a lot of times, you know, I'll have like an idea in my pocket that I've already thought of that can be applied to a commission. Okay.
0: And do you feel like as, cause you said it's like a creative challenge. Do you feel that through each commission in each piece that you just do on your own, that you just, you grow as an artist, obviously you grow as an artist, but do you feel like it has a significant impact on your growth going through each commission and it's just trying to think out of the Yeah, world.
1: definitely. Definitely. And I think like, um, I think they do get, get easier over time, um, but also like everything Everything that I do is kind of like a, a prototype for the next thing that I do. Okay. Um, so I take, you know, all of the ideas or all the work that I've done previously and, and every, all of those pieces and will inform the next piece and so on and so forth.
0: So it's like a natural evolution. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So I know we talked about at the beginning that you had a bunch of side projects that you wanted to do this year. And I would like to go in detail about that, but were those side projects, you know, just being like pushed back to like the end of this year or early next year? I just want to know your plans and projects in mind that you have for the upcoming months.
1: For the upcoming year?
0: For the upcoming months and the upcoming year, yes.
1: Okay, um, well, I hope to eventually do that uh, residency that I had that got canceled this year. So that will hopefully be um, rescheduled. And um,
0: it was in Spain, correct?
1: Yeah, it's in Spain. It's, it's with this group of people called the Cyborg Foundation. Mm-hmm. And um, they do all kinds of crazy things where they create um, new organs like, really? through technology and implant them into their bodies. I
0: think um, I've heard
1: about that.
0: What? I think I've heard about that. It's yeah,
1: like- I'm sure you have. Um, mm-hmm. They do a lot of, like, TED Talks and things like that. Um, but they opened up a residency program, and I was going to do, while I was there, I was going to work on this project where I'm making um, temperature-sensitive furniture.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So basically they um the pieces like change based on like body heat.
0: Okay, change in what way?
1: Um in colors. Ah okay. okay. Like they're able to the furniture is able to sense temperature.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Um and then other projects that I'm working on, um I'm actually I've been designing um, also in this quarantine, a series of t-shirts that um, they're kind of instructional um, t-shirts based on like uh, proper knowledge. Um, So basically like in like an apocalyptic um, world scenario where there's no more internet and um, we don't know how to do a lot of things. So the t-shirt is something that's going to outlast you know the wi-fi
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so it's basically like um instructional t-shirts on how to um, start a fire from scratch or how to filter water or how to help somebody who's giving birth or how to stop bleeding or
0: like survivalist kind of thing.
1: Grow food <laughs> yeah okay. so it's basically like survivalist knowledge um and it, it's basically just like a like a conceptual project that I've been interested in and working on um, that during the pandemic, I kind of had time to work on. Um, And it's also basically just to kind of spread knowledge about um, just different ways of existing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm like really interested in and just like, and knowing how to do things, knowing how to survive again, I have like a huge like a passion for like everything that's like DIY. So I think um, knowing how to do things is always like really useful. And I think like we now, like myself included, depends so much on like the internet for like knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just wanted to bring it back to like a more old school vibe.
0: <laughs> but... I feel that project will be very useful because, again, yes, that information is definitely something everyone needs to know just to, so they can just help themselves whenever they come to those situations.
1: Yeah. I feel definitely. like
0: that kind of common knowledge, or not maybe common knowledge is the term I'm looking for, but that kind of knowledge is being lost nowadays to people.
1: Yeah yeah totally yeah so, i mean i don't know if the internet's ever gonna go out but um i think regardless you know the spread of information you know it, it, i got inspired actually because i was seeing so many like um just like graphic tees that had like really like silly messages on them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i was like wow like we could be promoting like so much more interesting stuff on (laughs) t-shirts
0: right right actually useful information Um,
1: yeah so that's kind of how it started and then during quarantine it kind of turned a little bit more like survivalist because it felt like kind of like the world was ending
0: i definitely got that vibe too Mm -hmm. oh that just goes to show we can get inspiration from the littlest things Yep, and they come into totally. these big projects, they become these huge ideas.
1: Yeah, stay tuned. The t-shirts will be out soon.
0: <laughs> We're looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh is there is there any advice you would give to artists who wish to seize their passion and create a business and a lifetime of fulfillment during this time? Because I've seen so many artists pop up during quarantine because they had you know they had the time to focus on their their art their work
1: yeah um um I would say um so I guess I consider myself like an outsider artist Mm um I don't like um trends or I always try to not look at a lot of stuff that's happening because I like to just not be influenced by it and like really do my own thing. Um, okay. Okay. And I think that that if you do your own thing, um, you kind of can't go wrong with yourself. I mean, <laughs> starting a business, um, you kind of have to cater to maybe more of a specific audience or Mm -hmm. or trend but I think you can also be like the trendsetter if you stick to what you think is good um I don't think you should compromise that if if you feel passionate about it um I think Mm -hmm. if you just want to start a business then I say I think that's probably the wrong advice
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um but you know there could be a happy medium.
0: Oh, for sure. And I think that's the kind of journey every artist takes to find that medium between staying true to themselves and trying to find a workaround with their environment, their audience. Yeah. Amazing. This has been really insightful. I really, I gotta say again, it's nice to talk to an artist that uses a medium not spoken about often like sculpture and French pieces like we see you know we have department stores we have ikeas and whatnot but we don't really talk about the people who actually design those pieces and it's really nice to get a you know behind the scenes look at a little bit of their thought process and you know how they go into their projects so i thank you for that thank you
1: yeah no problem thank you
2: awesome
0: do you have any questions for me today i love to um
1: yeah what do you do
0: i am <laughs> not an artist sad to say i just don't have the ability for it but i do kind of have that artist mindset about staying true to myself and right now i'm majored in marine bio and i'm hoping to just kind of explore the ocean one day and just see what's out
2: mm, there. That's awesome.
0: That's my that's my journey. That's my life's journey.
1: That's very cool, um. And this is for a class at FIU. Yes, ma'am. That's and about art point. appreciation. Yes, ma'am. Very cool.
0: Absolutely. So very there's. Cool. I
1: went to FIU. I'm sorry. I went to FIU.
0: Really? When did you yeah.
1: go? Um. well I didn't graduate, but. Um, I um I studied um art, and I went um to North Campus, Mm -hmm. and also to South Campus for a little bit.
0: Really, did your time at FIU give you any kind of contacts or networking ability to you know jumpstart your career? Or well, you had your background with your parents, but did FIU at all help you with your you know your launch?
2: Um,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, I, I had a class at FIU called, um, fiber-based painting. Mm -hmm. Um, it was taught by Pip Brandt. I think she's still teaching there. Um, and it was the first time I kind of like allowed myself to make art. Um, she was a great teacher and that kind of just it was like a no going back after that. I think I took her class like three times. <laughs> like that's how much I enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> if you don't mind. What did you mean when you said you first let yourself make art? Were you for that point um, were you holding yourself well,
1: back? Well, you know, I I didn't really go to a creative um, high school or middle school. Like some people, you know, go to New World and they know that they want to be an artist like I didn't know I wanted to be an artist yet okay um and I had just finished I had just finished high school I started FIU and I took this class and I think that was like the first time that I had like made art like for real Mm -hmm. um and realized like this is kind of what I want to do
0: that's actually amazing because you found your your calling just that soon
1: yeah yeah it was it was great i'm really glad i took that class
0: we are too because we love your art awesome i just want to say again i want to thank you for joining us so much today dion i really appreciate it and so if there is no other questions This will conclude the Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon, and remember to stay curious. Thank you. Thank you.